Hey everybody, thanks for taking time to listen to 7 Minutes There and Back, which is a podcast about me just driving to and from work, talking about sometimes the incoherent and random thoughts in my head, but also just an outlet to unload the stress of the day or to prepare for the day and hopefully open some doors to have conversations amongst your friends or amongst myself and any of you, so... You know, if you like it, follow me. If you don't, don't. Thanks for everything and enjoy the show. Hello, everybody. Happy Friday to all of you. Before we leave the driveway this morning, let's read a verse uh, from one of my favorite books in the Bible. Uh, it's Matthew six fourteen. If you forgive those who sin against you, your heavenly Father will forgive you. Uh, this verse is is powerful. Um, it's exciting that it gets to be the Friday verse for me. Uh, I didn't, I don't plan that stuff because it's just a, an app that's on my phone. But exciting because forgiveness is a thing that a lot of people really struggle with, myself included. Um, at its core, because it's easy to say, like, I forgive you. Uh, but in reality, forgiveness is something that you have to let go of in its entirety. You don't have to forget. I think that's not what I'm saying. But forgiveness, uh, so so many people, from what, I've, from what I see, and a little bit of what I've done in my own past, in my own life, is we forgive somebody until we decide we haven't and then we want to dredge it back up and use it against them again or use it as a reason for uh some some feeling that we have later in life so forgiveness is hard but it's what we're called to do by the lord and if we do then we receive that 10 times over at least from from the lord so um yeah, forgiveness is a is a great thing. Um, the problem with forgiveness is people think like, well, I'm not going to forgive them, uh, so they learn their lesson, right? Like, I won't forgive them until they learn, and I'll be the one to judge when they've learned, and then I'll forgive. But that mindset uh, reminds me of an analogy that somebody once told me is that holding on to unforgiveness is like drinking poison. And hoping the other person will die. It just, it, it doesn't work. Because you're the one holding on to that feeling, that bitterness, that anger, whatever it is like, that your unforgiveness has manifested into. Um, with the other person likely not even knowing that there's a thing happening in the background. So, I would encourage you to seek forgiveness and seek to give forgiveness in those situations so all right now that we've done that and i've probably ruined all of your guys's mornings by challenging you with the forgiveness thing because it's a very hard thing to be challenged with uh at 7 a.m uh last night i was scrolling through the old bbc news block and first story of the day most exciting story of the day ron paul saved Joni Ernst, the senator from Iowa. <laughs> so 
Uh, Joni Harris was choking last night. There was a Republican dinner that was sponsored by Joni Harris. They apparently do it regularly. And the sponsoring dinner or the sponsoring senator brings food from their state, right? So Iowa was probably just corn and steak and something deep fat fried, which I'm not knocking it. It's delicious. But Joni Erst starts choking on something that she was eating, likely a big giant piece of steak. And Rand Paul walks over, performs the Heimlich, saves her life. Um, what an interesting situation that likely was to be in. As senators, you just don't, maybe you do expect them to be ready to respond to something like that. Ron Paul's a quote unquote doctor. I mean, he's a, I think he's a, I think he's a DDS, so he's a dentist doctor. But still, he's a doctor. He's got medical training, so he knew what to do. Um, and then the rest of the senators in the story, which I don't remember their names because they, one, weren't saved, and two, didn't do the saving. So they just became tertiary characters to the news article. Talked about the importance of life-saving training. And uh, it just makes me laugh when people it's, when, when people see something happen, they immediately think, well, I should know how to handle that next time. And they go to get trained in it. Even though all along they should have known how to handle it or statistically they were just as likely to be in that situation before it happened right in front of them. Um, so people are very reactive to the things that they see in their life. So um, I just I find that to be funny. It's like the gun sales in this country or, or things like that. Everything has like a cycle to it because... Everybody is buying them on the backsides of an event versus because it's the, the right thing to do. So that's interesting. Uh, today's December 1st, as you guys know, which means a couple of cool things happened today. One, um, it's Advent calendar day for my, for my two kids. Uh, so we do Advent calendars. They're fun. They're silly. Um, they also help us count down to uh, December 25th, which is the day that Christmas is the day we celebrate uh, the birth of Christ. So really, really fun. I think, let's see, my son has a Lego advent calendar um, that is Harry Potter themed, I think. And my daughter has a bracelet building one. So every day she'll get a couple pieces for a bracelet. I think she ultimately will make three. So like three custom bracelets. So that'll be really fun. And then is like nail polish or manicure stuff. And then I got one. My wife went out and custom made uh, an advent calendar for me, which was she just went out and picked out 24 like random beers. So like 24 ran like hodgepodge uh, at a local beer place. Um, and that's my advent calendar. So I think that's really cool. Uh, it's something that I've done in the past through uh, a company. So Costco sells a, a beer advent calendar, but it's all German style beers. And this year it was sold out. And my response was, oh, well, we just missed out. And her response was, no, no, here's a creative solution to it. So she came home one day and she's like, boom, advent calendar. And I was incredibly blessed, incredibly grateful. So um, I really appreciated that. And so advent calendars start today. It's also 
there's potentially a poker night tonight at a friend of mine's house. Um, poker nights are, are interesting to me. I'm not a huge poker fan in itself. I love cards. I love gambling in that sense. But I don't know what it is about poker nights or poker that it doesn't get me like jazzed up. Um, I think the mostly the reason I think is there's really no end to a poker night if if it's not going the right way. Right, the same the same three people could be playing poker until four in the morning, or the same three people could be busted on and out of money by nine if it starts at eight thirty, and then just sitting there doing nothing or whatever. So that's the thing about for me about poker nights, um, that doesn't feel very, uh, it's not really a fun thing. So, but just pulled into work and my question for you guys to consider before the afternoon, and I'll answer it this afternoon is what event do you like to do with your group of friends that really builds camaraderie? Thanks y'all. See you on the other side. Thanks for listening to the morning. Now, roughly eight or nine or ten or six hours later. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the afternoon. So, we are off for a Friday, which means no more words from me for two more days. So, you're welcome and or I'm sorry, depending on how you feel about that. So... Uh, great day. We hit goal. We made our commitments uh, from a work standpoint. So uh, that's a big deal, in my opinion. I think uh, I look at, and I know I've talked about this before, but I look at winning as as being a kind of byproduct of not losing. Um, and not losing is, is an amazing thing to me. I just, I don't like to lose especially when all the effort is in your hands and you can do all the stuff. Sometimes it doesn't fall how it should, but in most cases, you ought to come out ahead on anything you got control over. So great two-week sprint. Uh, we did well. Proud of the team that, that I'm a part of, so that's great. Um, good day all around, though. Got to listen to um, a couple of other podcasts that I listened to today. I had a little bit of, you know, during the day I had some heads down kind of clerical work, which is checking numbers and these types of things. So I put some stuff on in the background and it's been a minute since I've been able to do that. So getting back to <laughs> listening to a, a, a podcast or two that I really, really like. So big fan of, of two, two podcasts in particular because of what they kind of talk about. One is theories of the third kind and the other being blurry creatures uh, both of which operate in this kind of conspiracy fringe reality world. So uh, theories of the third kind is all conspiracy theories of all types or weird situations or weird things. So the the one I listened to today was about the MH370, so that Malaysian Airlines 370 that disappeared uh, a couple years back. They talked a lot about that, and then they started talking about the stuff that's been released that the media is not focusing on, so like the flight logs and the interaction with the Malaysian Air Force, and there's a lot of little details in there that make a, make me wonder what's really going on here, 
because according to the Malaysian Air Force flight logs, they tracked it for about an hour and a half after it had fallen off civilian radar before they reported that it was missing. So it was a lot of weird details. So it led me to this idea of how much do we trust the, the government or the news or those, those ideas? Because, you know, when I first started listening to Theories of the Third Kind, it was on a random ski trip, road trip. Uh, we were going out there and we listened to, you know, four or five hours of, of this podcast. But it talked about the Denver International Airport and how under it there's this underground bunker system, which has been proven. There's video of it. So, but talked about the uses of that and the underground hangars. And I, as someone who served in the military, I am here to tell you, there are things the government is not telling you, right? So for those of us who talk like, no, if it was there, we would know about it. Or if aliens were in Roswell, we would know about it. There are things the government is not telling you. Now, at what scale? I don't know, but I do find it weird that now we're starting to call things instead of aliens or UFOs, now we're trying to call them UAPs and we're trying to make these more friendly terms as we kind of get closer and closer to admitting or at least acknowledging, hey, we think there's some other beings at play here. Um, So (laughs) it's just weird, right? As we get closer and closer to them, maybe admitting there's aliens, they're trying to change the narrative around aliens. So that's not surprising at all. That's pretty standard misinformation and and adjustment. So um, I wouldn't get too bent out of shape about that. But I do think the government hides things from us. Uh, I watched a comedian probably, I think my wife showed me the clip, but probably uh, six months ago that really made me laugh, but maybe it it, it resonates true. And it said, and, and he said, he was like, well, do we really think the government's telling you the truth all the time. And his analogy was, I have a son, just one son. And sometimes I lie to him. Now imagine the government, they have millions of sons and daughters. You don't think they're lying a little bit? <laughs> so I like how funny that was in comparison, right? Because we all, maybe lie isn't the word, but we all intentionally mislead or or leave vagities to our children. So why would we expect our government not to do it to us? So, but that conspiracy theory podcast is a lot of fun. If you get an opportunity, uh, go give it a listen, uh, either blurry creatures or theories of the third kind. So theories of the third kind is going to have a very secular view of their theories and, and kind of what they think. Uh, blurry creatures on the other hand is very different. Um, they are, they started as a Bigfoot podcast trying to ground it in scripture, right? So they started to tie Bigfoot into the Nephilim, which are, are mentioned biblically. And from there, they've kind of spiraled or kind of grown, not spiraled, spiraled's kind of a down thing. They've grown into, they'll pretty much touch any paranormal or any unexplained phenomenon if it can be big, biblically supported or biblically challenged. So really good podcast there too opened your eyes up to the idea of the universe and these portals and whether or not the Nephilim survived the flood and where the angels and the, 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 the children and the offspring of angels and man came and where they went and 
So talks a lot about a lot of those things, as well as some of the old temples and burial grounds and giant's bones. So all in all, very, very good podcast. Sometimes there's some crazy off the wall stuff. So if you don't feel like listening to crazy off the wall stuff, I wouldn't listen to either of those. Um, on that note, I think it's probably worth mentioning. I probably lean more towards the yes in most conspiracies than the no. As long as they can be backed with some level of research or stat, right? You can manipulate stuff, and I find it interesting, but I also think it's really cool that conspiracies challenge people to look beyond what they're told and look beyond the norm. So there's a lot of value in them as long as you don't take them too far. Um, there's a bunch that have been taken too far. I don't encourage you to go too deep down some of those rabbit holes, but there's that. What else has happened today on the 1st of December? Uh, college football transfer portal exploded today. I don't think it officially opens quote unquote till the 4th of December. For those of you who don't know what the transfer portal is, essentially college athletes of any sport can decide at any point in time that the school that they're attending, not any point in time, I think there's two or three windows throughout the year and depending on the sport, they can decide that the school they're attending where they're playing a sport, they can just put their name on a list and say they want to go to another school. So if you're a football player who plays for Oregon State and maybe you used to play for Clemson, and now you want to go play somewhere else, you can do that. You just put your name on a list and someone will call you. Not only will they call you, they'll offer you a lot of money um, just to bring your name and your football abilities to their town. So I'm not opposed to college kids making money on the game of football, but I think that once that happens, you have to stop calling it college football and start calling it a professional sport. You're, these are professional athletes once they start getting paid to play the game of football. Now, that's cool because now NCAA is going to bring back NCAA football and EA Sports is a part of that, which is exciting because now these kids are getting paid, which means now I get to play NCAA football again, which I haven't been able to play since 2014 because some college kids said, wait, that's my name and my face and my number but you're not paying me for it, so stop it. And EA was like, okay, we'll stop it. So, but I do think that the transfer portal, along with NIL, has been bad for kids, been bad for coaches, it's been bad for boosters, it's been bad for college football. And I think that's just because you end up with a bunch of people who, when things don't go their way, they stop struggling through it and stop embracing that, and they just leave, you know, so... As a Nebraska fan, I'll openly admit, we got a lot of kids out of the transfer portal. Probably not a lot. We got kids out of the transfer portal, and we're not above it. Uh, we're not any. We're not special. It's not like we're, you know, holier than thou. We have kids leave too, but it just doesn't build resiliency, and it's not sustainable, in my opinion, long term. Look at Coach Prime. I think he brought in a bunch, I think 35 athletes or something like that. They started hot, and then when things got hard, that team hadn't built anything together. So when it all fell apart at their feet, they had nobody to fight for. Because you don't care about the people to your left and right because you don't even know them, really. So 
that would be my challenge to the transfer portal and NIL is it's not good for the game of football. It's technically not college football anymore, apart from the fact they play at colleges. There's just too much money involved. Um, I guess uh, last thing for the day and for the weekend, as we come into the 1st of December and, and kind of get into this, what thing in December could you start instead of waiting till January on a quote-unquote New Year's resolution? Thanks, guys. See you on Monday.